welcome, welcome, and welcome to another exciting edition of the Doghouse. My name is Will, and I am your host. This is the official podcast for the League of Champions, which, as the power rankings for 2021 came out just yesterday, League of Champions was ranked number one in the world of all fantasy leagues, and you have found the official podcast. So glad that you could join us today as we are deep into the playoffs. We have so much to get to. As I do a little roll call, I look around and I am totally by myself and I don't have any sort of cute stories that go with roll call. So you know what? We just need to get right on into it. Let's look at who our episode MVP is. Well, for this week's episode MVP, we are going to give the real stars of last week's episode, their rightful place. They would have gotten the MVP last week, but uh, all those kiddos sent in their recordings after we were already started that recording, and so I didn't really have an episode MVP last week, so it got to Austin, uh, so we still had one. Sorry, Austin, not to sell you short, buddy. Uh, you were the episode MVP last week. But then we all got to hear all the kids coming in and giving their opinions and their analysis and making their predictions, and they absolutely stole the show. They were unbelievable and amazing, and so big, big thanks to all of those kids. Uh, I know we had Nico in there. I heard Maddie in there. There was Mackenzie. There was all of the Torres girls. Um, and, uh, if I'm missing any, I apologize, but the kids were amazing last week and I'm just wondering what some of the kids thought about their own performance. And so with that, why don't we go ahead and shoot it over to the cat box? Uh, nah, Nico, uh, wants to run off and do his own podcast. Uh, I haven't had the heart to tell him that this is a closed audience and not for mass consumption podcast. Uh, but he was pretty stoked about being on it. Let's just, let's just say. So, uh, yeah, if you want him on a guest, I'm pretty certain he's, uh, willing, um, <laughs> for repeat business on, on our doghouse podcast. He was excited to find out that it is the best podcast for the best dynasty league anywhere period and uh he took that to heart so your intro is slamming uh well thank him for the kind words about the intro yeah it only took me like 40 episodes to actually figure out an intro worth doing uh but i'm very very happy to hear that he enjoyed himself and uh, he is a, a, a bright star in the podcast world. And I'll listen to any podcast that he ends up hosting uh, and know uh, that my heart will be happy as I will know that uh, he was inspired at least a little bit by the dog cows. So uh, he did great. I'm proud of him as well. And uh, let's bring him back a little bit later on. Uh, but for now, uh, let's get to the news.
Well, that interlude means it's time to get to the news, so let's take a look at what we have. We don't have a lot. Our last episode was just last week, so the majority of our news happened on the uh, matchup pages. So let's take a look at what we do have. Uh, as we all know, Needham Wyndham is the senior writer for the Doghouse, uh, but we also have a couple new hires that have been made official. Um, Eric Wolfett is leaving the interim tag behind and has become the director of LOC Marketing. Uh, beginning in 2022. He's already hard at work. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. So welcome aboard in your official capacity there, Eric Wolfett. Uh, also, Doghouse is very pleased to announce that we have a new senior analyst, and his name is Nico Windham. Uh, he, of course, will be providing uh, his unbelievable analysis this episode, which we are incredibly excited about, and welcome him to the Doghouse team. Uh, I said Wolfett, who is always hard at work, has already started, um, there's, there's been a project that's been bugging him. Um, I don't, I think I may have barely mentioned it in a previous episode, but on the chat, we've been talking about renaming and rebranding, uh, all of the bowls in the tournaments. Of course, uh, we have the fifth tournament. We have the first tournament. We have the first bowl, the third bowl, the fifth bowl, the seventh bowl, the 100 bowl, the 1000 bowl. Um, and those were all very obvious and quick names that I just came up with, um, really in the moment, um, then just ran with. And so, well, that's not very, um, you know, it's just, it's not very creative and, uh, it's not amazing marketing. And so thankfully we have a director of LOC marketing now, um, one of the things he's working on is a blue balls bowl. Uh, maybe a blue balls bowl could be for the 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 uh, hundred bowl, as in maybe that's like the fourth place as the blue balls winner because you got basically the worst out of all twelve of us, uh, no money and the worst draft pick for not making any money. Maybe the blue balls tournament would be the fifth tournament because you made the playoffs but then you didn't even finish an opportunity to go for the money. Um, there's also the lap dance bowl, so uh, there's a couple good names that are floating out there. Uh, we are absolutely going to be renaming and rebranding these bowls and these tournaments, um, and we'll let it happen organically, and that will be led by uh, our director of LOC Marketing, Eric Wolfett. So without further ado, let's get to, we also have, oh, we had some, a oh, well, little, little further ado. We had Wyland do a little counting over there, and he went over the career LOC earnings, and that will be covered in next week's episode, the final episode of the season, when we will be crowning our champion. So make sure you tune in to next week's episode for that. But without further ado, let's go ahead and get to the meat and bolts, the nuts and potatoes. Let's get after it. So, of course, our meat and bolts, our nuts and potatoes is absolutely going to be the week 16 review. Wait, week 16? Week 17? Week 17? Week 16, yeah. Week 16 review, which, of course, were our semi-matchups, the beginning of the fifth tournament, and the first and third bowls. We always start with the highest-ranked team, so let's start with the first semi-final matchup between Number one, R-Dub. Number five, Jason Kelly. Or as Austin says, J-Kells. I don't know when that started, but I like it. Um, 
As we look to the final score, we have Jason Kelly. Unfortunately, his players just did not show up for the playoffs, and R-Dub was able to get by with a nice average score. Final score, of course, was 139-107. to 107. As we take a look and see who the MVP of this was, <laughs> well, we talked about it last week. Antonio Brown becoming relevant again, finally going into the week. He was going to be relevant with the injuries in Tampa Bay, and he absolutely was, scoring R-Dub 23 points on 10 receptions for 101 yards. So I think back as we've Doghouse has very well chronicled AB's journey, shall we say, since basically his fall from grace started about the same time our season did, right? And so he had just, he went, like when he got drafted, he was on the Raiders. Let's just put it that way in terms of time stamping this for you. Um, and so he has now been able to get back into relevance within the LOC, including being the MVP in this first semifinal matchup. The bust you has to be Saquon Barkley. He goes for less than four points. And after Kelly trades three firsts for Saquon and Robinson, the two got him less than five points total. So now part of that is Robinson got hurt like on the first play. It was the literally the worst possible injury. It was, you know, he didn't get injured in practice where he could have replaced him. He didn't get put on the COVID list where he could have seen it coming even just an hour before game. No, 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 no. First play of the game, he gets injured or first after one touch he gets injured and so he got one point now grant jc kelly wins by less than a point then that's hilarious and awesome um but instead you just were out one of your biggest players and then saquon doesn't have that excuse right like he i, I just i don't get saquon barkley maybe he's done maybe he was just his rookie season um i i'm 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 now just starting to have a hard time remembering any dominance and is he really just a shell of himself look he will not have the entire he's going to go into this offseason healthy healthier he'll have an entire another offseason to get healthy but for me next year is Saquon's shit or get off the pot because he gets treated like he's a pro bowler because he was one time and now I'm really starting to also wonder how much of it is the New York media how much is because he played for the Giants but if he was actually playing for the Jags would he be getting the same sort of James Robinson coverage so regardless Saquon was a bust our what was he, our second overall pick in the initial startup draft uh and uh, he he well that's right he came through for Wolfit in the playoffs that year um, I don't think he's done anything since on the NFL field. But anyway, that is unfortunate for Jason. Um, Aaron Jones had a respectable game, but nothing exciting. So like Jay was saying last week, that he, he how frustrating it was to spend everything, spend so much, not everything, but spend so much going for it and then watch your team shit the bed. And then he squeaked by Booby, whose team also squeaked the bed. But then... So you, he was really hoping that this was now that was their bad game and now he's going to have two more good games and win this whole thing. And actually, they just came right back with a bad game again. 
so there's a few different. There's a there's a bust you package there again. Not really Aaron Jones. His his game was res- respectable, but he was one of the uh, high pro. He got like 18 points or something like that. Anyway, um, sneaky start has got to be Keyshawn Vaughn. I was so frustrated when I saw who I thought was Ronald Jones streaking across the uh, <laughs> streaking across the sideline. And I th- I th- I'm realizing now that I was playing him in a, a different semifinal matchup. Um, but it was a start I was hopeful for, but not really sure about. And then I s- went going from yes, yes, yes to oh, God, I blast the wrong person. Oh, no. So that was Keyshawn Vaughn. Keyshawn Vaughn had a great uh, run. He had a long touchdown. He ends up getting 16 points. And so that was a nice sneaky start, especially in the semis going in. I don't think anyone thought that Keyshawn Vaughn would play a critical role in a semifinal matchup. Uh, For put me in coach, well, Jason didn't really leave a lot on the bench, but we'll give it to Gerald Everett, who accidentally got 16 points. Um, I also played, almost played Gerald Everett in that other matchup as well, but instead I went with Cole Komet. So uh, Everett did well there. but was not really going to help Jason out on the bench. So R-Dub goes on to the finals for the second straight year. And good news, R-Dub, this year, you don't have to go up against Kamara getting six touchdowns. I promise you there is nobody on my team that is going to get six touchdowns. I mean, I think the only person that could even consider it would be Devontae Adams, and they're not going to throw that much. So um, it's just not going to happen. You need a running back to get six touchdowns, and I don't have any running backs. Uh, if I can if I can get to the finals to see you there. Uh, Jason goes to the 100 bowl, and uh, like I said previously, that should will probably be getting renamed here sooner or later, uh, but it is the 100 bowl because third place does get 100 bucks, and so you at least... While you, you, you lose out on the opportunity to win the whole thing, you at least have an opportunity to break even on the year. And so it is an important bowl. And we will see now who Jason will be going up against as we get to our other semifinal matchup. And that was between number two ranked Austin versus number three, me. And this one also ended up not being close at all as I prevail with a Twomp Nina to 134. That's right, 209 to 134. Another big week for um, Team Chiramele with the capital IR. Uh, the MVP is Devontae Adams. He got me 36 points on 10 catches for 114 yards and two touchdowns. The bust Jew has to be Matthew Stafford. He gets you less than 10 points, Austin with under 200 yards and three picks. And it's like, oh man, it's almost like he knew that the lights were on in LOC uh, because I'm pretty sure Matthew Stafford's known for kind of not giving the most clutch performances in uh, the opportune times. And so he did that to you again, uh, Austin, or at least did it to you, Austin. Uh, Maybe not again. Maybe he hadn't screwed you before. Looking at a sneaky start for me, that will be Jeff Wilson. Like, he didn't look great, uh, but he managed to get 15 because he fell into the end zone. I do not think that I will be able to play Jeff Wilson this upcoming week as Elijah Mitchell is back at practice. And so Wilson has looked serviceable at best. 
Um, and with Mitchell, they've taken his their time getting him there. So if he plays, I have to assume he's going to get at least a dozen touches. I don't think Wilson gets more than – I don't think I can bank on – more than eight touches. Uh, he might get more, but, uh, even if Mitchell plays, but I just, I don't think I can predict that going in. And it's a great matchup against Houston. So I was really kind of hoping that Mitchell can be out for just one more week. You know, also as a Niners fan, like, make, don't, don't hurt the kid. Like, we, we will, this kid's something to us. He's going to be somebody. Let's, let's, let's give him that extra week. But last week might have been that extra week. So anyway, let's go on and see who the uh, – that was the sneaky start. So let's do the put-me-in coach. Uh, we'll give the put-me-in coach to Carson Wentz. He got 17. Look, 17 points is not amazing, but it was better than what the starter got. So we'll say that that was the uh, put-me-in coach. So with a 209-134 to 134 victory, that puts me into the 1,000 bowl against um, – against R-Dub, and that sets up a 100-bowl matchup between Austin and Jason. So, Needham, I got to know, who do you got in the fifth bowl? Fifth bowl prediction? You want a fifth bowl prediction? Uh, Going to have to go with the man crush here on that one. Uh, Austin over uh, JK. I do believe in the Second Amendment as well. Even, But, uh, you know, got to go with... Uh, Austin, I, th- I I honestly think uh, J.K., uh, s- you know, Sergeant America is probably on a big letdown after not pulling off uh, the win against uh, Wyland last week. And he's just going to slump right in and, and, and Austin's going to go in and take it. Oh, I screwed you up on that. I said fifth tournament, fifth bowl, excuse me, when, of course, it's the 100 bowl. Uh, the 100 bowl, as we've discussed at length this episode, uh, and not the fifth bowl, but we will get to that a little bit later. Uh, sorry about messing you up on that setup, you know. So anyway, um, with the 100 bowl prediction out of the way, I'm curious, who do you have in the 1,000 bowl? Uh, but for this, since it is the 1,000 bowl, we are not just going to go to the cat box. We, excuse me, we are going to go to our senior analyst in the cat box, Nico Windham. The mic is yours, my man. The two finalist competitors are my uncle Rick and Doctor Will, and it's going to be a big clash. I think Will has a little bit of an edge because he's got a better quarterback and better wide receivers. But Uncle Rick has got these two awesome running backs and Cordero Patterson, who is maybe good. Maybe. I also know that Travis Kelsey is going to dominate Dalton Schultz in this matchup. But I believe that it'll be a very close match, but that Uncle Rick will win by Three points. Oh, man, Nico, when you started by saying that I had a slight edge, I really liked my chances. I thought you were going to pick me. But look, I get you picking Uncle Rick, man. Blood is thicker than water. Uh, so I do get it. Uh, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember that you said going in that I had a slight edge. And then I think you kind of had to talk yourself into picking your uncle. But I get it. I get it. Now let's see what your old man has to say. Needham, what do you got for us? Um, this is a thousand bowl because I'm stalling. Now I don't need to stall anymore. 
Meanwhile, I've seen this show before. Two decades worth of this show. This season is going to go about the same. We're going to get about the same. Uh, History repeats itself. And uh, we're going to see about a 70-point victory by Will, Dr. Will. Wow, 70 points. I mean, I wish, I wish, but uh, unfortunately, I'm with Nico. I think this is going to be really, really close. I believe uh, Nico said it would be a three-point victory by Uncle Rick. I do agree with him that it might come down to a single-digit difference. Uh, Although, of course, after my 197 in week one and 209 in week two of these three-week playoffs. I'm really just hoping I can have another monster performance and not make it close. Uh, But I agree with Nico. This one's going to be close. The other reason is I don't really buy into the like 20-year narrative thing because like when that started with Rick, his current players were still in diapers. So I'm just, I'm not, I mean, they were 15 years old, but that's not the point. That just wasn't their skill set in life. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, side with Nico on this one. I think it is going to be close, but boy, do I sure hope you're right. No, I'm looking forward to the matchup this week. I I, I definitely, um, you know, it, you guys started off as the preseason favorites, one and two in the rankings between uh, you and Rick, and uh, it's it's come down to it, and now it looks like it's happening, and uh, just what everybody thought it would come down to, not quite the rosters we expected from either of you. Um, as Rick pointed out, I think seven of his ten starters or eight of his ten starters weren't even on his roster last year, and you definitively thought you were going to have a little bit different uh, stable of running backs to uh, roll out there. So, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm super stoked. Um, I'm a little scared, but mostly just excited. Uh, this is the biggest finals matchup I've ever been in. I've won the Insane Asylum League twice. I won the B League twice, uh, which was a big deal because it got me into the A League on Super Bowl, Super Bowl glory. Um, but the and I think I won like a fake league uh, once that like Jason and I just signed up for just to do like a mock draft that didn't that we could trust beyond eight rounds. Uh, and, but I've never won in a league that had a hundred dollar buy in, which is pretty sad to say out loud now. Um, so I am a little scared, but I'm just really excited and super stoked. And um, any of that fear, I'm just trying to kind of turn into excitement and appreciating being in this spot and not just angry that I wasn't in the spot like I was in the previous two years. So uh, yes, I'm very excited as well. But look, we've talked about the 1,000 bowl. We have talked about the 100 bowl. We are fully, fully set up for next week on that side of the, on those sides of the brackets but now let's get over to the fifth tournament i wouldn't mind if this ended up being called the blue balls tournament but we'll see i'll let i'll let wolf it make the final decision on that uh, as we look at the fifth tournament we'll start with the highest ranking member this one is always interesting uh, because it's a tournament where the seating isn't figured out until the first round of the playoffs are over um, the the only upset from the first round was not much of an upset as the 
the five seed beat the four seed. Uh, all three top seeds advanced through the first round, which is actually what I predicted in the beginning of the season, but then I totally bailed off of that prediction as the season got going. Um, as, as in the beginning, I thought it was going to be a, a league of the haves and the have-nots, and um, I was wrong, which is good. I'm glad I was wrong. There's a lot more parity. Uh, it shouldn't have been that lopsided in only the uh, third season, and I think Pierce having to tank in the middle of the season just to make sure he didn't accidentally make the playoffs is, was credit to the parity of this league. But anyway, uh, back to the fifth tournament. We'll start with the highest-ranking member of that tournament. That would be number four, Booby, versus number eight, Wolfit. And this one also was not very close at all as Wolfit prevails with a score of 182 to 104. Booby with another garbage week. Uh, in December, it's not the time to have those bad weeks. And Wolfit saying, geez, Louise, where was this score last week? So the MVP was T. Higgins getting Wolfit, because of course it was, getting Wolfit 47 points on 12 catches for 194 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, we haven't really talked about that game yet, but Joe Burrow threw for 9,000 yards in that game uh, and had a, an absolute monster performance. I, re- I think he threw, I don't remember what the final number was, but it was over 500 yards, and I think it was like the third most yards in any game ever. Uh, so very impressive by uh, Mr. Burrow over there, and T. Higgins was a big recipient. Uh, Chase got his too, um, but not as much as, as Higgins, and I think Boyd also got a bunch. I guess everyone gets a bunch when you have 500 yards. But anyway, so good job uh, to Wolfit playing T. Higgins there. Uh, the bust you, this, look, dude, this could go to many, many players on Booby's team. His whole team didn't really show up. But see, I'm going to give it to Kamara. He failed to score eight points. And I mean, this is the same guy where one year ago he was scoring six touchdowns and winning Booby a championship. So for him to then give you, you know, what, 59 total yards and not even eight points is really, really disappointing. Uh, like I said, it could have gone to a lot of different players, but Kamara is, um, well, I'd say, yeah, yeah, he was the, the first pick in Booby's uh, startup draft. I was about to say Derrick Henry and realized, no, oh, you got Derrick Henry in the second round. Uh, you got Kamara in the first. But anyway, uh, so that was the bust to you, and so that's just fantasy, right? So the guy that can get you six touchdowns can also fail to get you 60 yards. Let's look at the sneaky start for Wolfit. That would be Sony Michelle, who ran for 131 and a touchdown to get to 24 points. What One thing that was interesting in this match was Daryl Henderson was also being played. So Wolfit and Booby were against each other with putting in both members of the same backfield. And I, went, I was ready to dive deep and see exactly um, how the – and I forgot. That's right. Daryl Henderson got hurt. Um, we know Daryl Henderson always gets hurt. Uh, he took a while this season to start really getting hurt. Um, but he did end up getting hurt uh, pretty early in this game as well. I don't know if it was as early as James Robinson, but it was pretty early, and he did not do incredibly well. Uh, but that opened the door for Sony. Sonny Michelle was brought in for this exact purpose with Cam Akers already out for the year, although maybe not, actually. He might be coming back. And Daryl Henderson uh, already showing that he doesn't have the ability to you know, be a third down back for 17 weeks in the season. Sonny Michelle was brought in, and he came through for the Rams and for Wolfett. For put me in coach, uh, <laughs> Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray was on his bench, and he said to Booby, don't you 
ever bench me because I can run for a long touchdown. And that's exactly what he did as he ended up with 23 points. So congratulations to Wolfit. Wolfit will now go on to the fifth bowl and Booby will go to the seventh bowl, which might also, maybe the seventh bowl can be the bowl. Like there's a lot of different ways we can go with the seventh bowl. Um, but I'm pretty sure it is going to be renamed and uh, a little foreshadowing here that that is going to come up a little bit later on. But first, let's look at the other matchup in the fifth tournament. Of course, we have number six, Ben, against number seven, Stanley. Ben had a good week last week, uh, but he ran up against me, but he did not have a good week this week, as this one also wasn't close, as Stanley prevails with a 175-114 to 114 victory. His MVP is Joe Mixon, who got him 34 points with 135 total yards and a touchdown. The bus due for Ben Rose has to be Gaskin, getting less than four points, and his time as the lead back in Miami seems done. There was a couple other times this season where it seemed like he had fallen out of favor. He had only gotten a handful of touches. And then each time that you were like, oh, he's garbage, he's done, then he'd get a big game. But he ended up only having a couple of those this year, and this uh, he did not show up for Ben here in the first round of the fifth tournament. The sneaky start for Stanley, we're going to give that to Chase Edmonds, getting 28 points on 127 total yards and a touchdown, uh, helping Stanley get to that big, nice old score of 175, which is probably about what you're... I think we said last year, it was like, so 141 is the average. As we were looking at the playoffs, you really needed about 165 to be taken, uh, to, to like your chances or to ha- have a chance. And of course, as you get over the 185, you're looking really good. And if you get over 200, the only way you're going to lose is if you're Jason Kelly in the finals in 2019, um, which again, maybe someone lost with more points, but I think he had 207 points and lost to Wolf in the finals. Um, and someone correct me if I'm wrong on that one. R-Dub, maybe you had a pretty bad beat. I don't remember what your final score was last, last year with your bad beat. I just remember Camara went crazy. Anyway, uh, so we have Stanley with the 175 over uh, 175 points, including getting that from Chase Edmonds. And the put-me-in coach for Ben Rose will give that to Alexander Madison, getting 16 points on 79 total yards and a touchdown. So that means Wolfett and Stanley will face off in the fifth ball. And now for our prediction, let's take it back over to the cat box. Yeah, yeah, I know. I got it. Okay, so that's that. That was the hundred bowl, right? Okay, so now with the fifth bowl, um, obviously Wolfit's gonna have uh, a just a walk through, just walk over. Uh, he's just stepping right over and farting uh, into Stanley's face. That's it. I don't know. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than that. They would have had a great matchup this week as they only had a seven-point difference with their big scores. So I'd love to see another big score uh, for both of them in the fifth bowl, and let's really make that fifth draft pick uh, something that is memorable. So anyway, that goes now. That means uh, we are looking at the seventh bowl, which means we have Ben and Booby who will face off in the seventh bowl. And for our prediction... Let's go right back to the cat box. I, I don't even know what the seventh bowl is for or whatever the whatever, but um yeah, 
I'm always going to root against Booby, right? So, uh, you know, I think Booby's team's going to win, but I'd love to see Ben Rose uh, upset him and just push Booby all the way down to eighth place. So, um, I don't know. Give me something. Well, what does the seventh bowl get you? Well, the seventh bowl, if you win that, it gets you the seventh pick. Now, while that might not sound amazing, let's not forget that there is very limited talent every year that we are able to draft. And so as we go back to this last year's draft, who was taken with the 107? Javante Williams. Now, I don't know about you, but I would be over the moon excited to have Javante Williams on my roster. And I mean, he could probably, Javante Williams could probably fetch like two firsts and two seconds right now. Uh, so the 107 is worth having for sure, which means the seventh bowl is worth paying attention to. And so uh, thank you for your prediction there. I also uh, think that Booby is going to win. Uh, I think Ben is Ben's all done. Uh, and, and But who knows? Booby's team might just like score you know, 85 or something like that. He's not afraid to put up garbage scores right now. I think I outscored Booby in his last two weeks combined. I think I scored more this week. That might not be correct, but it's close, close enough that you got to go actually go and look and do the math. I mean, I'm not going to, but others would. Anyway, now that gets us to the first and third bowls, our first bowls of the year. Of course, as we have the semis and the fifth tournament starting, we also have the first bowl and the third bowl. So I'm wondering, Needham, is this who you expected to see in the first and third bowls? Yeah, for four of us, Will, we're sitting here on the outside looking in. I absolutely did not think that Adam or myself would be in this bottom four situation, which is why I absolutely didn't think uh, Dr. Dick was going to end up with three of the first four picks in the upcoming draft. We'll see how it goes. We'll see what... uh, um, what Pierce does with those picks, um, and only time will tell. Um. Well, let's go ahead and take a look at the action in the first bowl. Of course, that was between Needham and BT, and this one was also not very close as BT prevails 186 to 120. You put up 186 in the first bowl as I, I think that's basically what uh, Wyland did in 2019. But you put up 186 in the first bowl. What you're really telling people is you better watch out for me next year. Uh, and yes, BT, I see your roster. I've seen it coming for a while. And um, you have now secured the 101 in our rookie draft. Uh, you had the 101 last year and sold it to Pierce uh, for a haul, which we will go over later in a future old trade segment. Uh, but for now, let's take a look at how you got the 101 this time around. Uh, you know, the MVP, there's a couple different options here, but I think it's got to go to Mark Andrews getting 30 points on eight catches for 125 yards and a touchdown. The bust you. Same game. Latavius Murray busting his way all the way off of Needham's roster. That was his last performance for Needham's team, and he will not be back. Uh, He is a torpedo that is now out there. But, you know, with his age, I doubt anyone's really going to run with him and actually, you know, get burnt by him. A sneaky start. I'm going to go with Pittman. Now, we all know that I'm a huge Pittman fan. 
but he hasn't really been producing much lately as he failed to get two points two weeks ago. In this matchup, though, he got BT 16.5 points on 85 yards, and I think the future is bright for him. Uh, put me in, Coach. Well, there's nobody for the Put Me In Coach segment on Needham's team because there were 11 points total combined on his bench. That's almost hard to do. But anyway, that just kind of tells you how thin of a roster Needham was working with going into this first bowl. But good job getting to the first bowl. Uh, you don't have any of your picks. So this is more about just seeing what your roster can do in these situations. And I'm glad that they got the playoff experience. This brings us to the third bowl between Pierce and Adam. And boy, did they all show us why they were in this bowl. The only close matchup that we've had, really, uh, and that was Adam winning 79-71. to 71. Ouch. Uh, MVP Ronald Jones got 16 points on 81 yards and a touchdown uh, for Adam there. The bust you is for Pierce is Rager only getting three points. A sneaky start for Adam is Marvin Jones getting 15 points on eight catches for 74 yards. And the put-me-in coach for Pierce is Byron Pringle with 25 points on six catches, 75 yards, and two touchdowns. So congrats to Adam for winning the third bowl. But remember, Pierce already has Adams first, as we discussed last week. And so that has now uh, gotten us through all six matchups for this last week. We have four matchups coming up this week, the 1,105th and 7th Bowls, and I couldn't be more excited. Uh, but before we look forward a little bit more, let's take a look backwards and review an old trade. In this episode's old trade review, we are going to be looking at the original Julio Jones trade. Let's not forget that there was a time where Pierce was a buyer and he traded Cortland Sutton, Steven Sims, and Wyland's 21 second to BT for Julio Jones. Now, since that trade, Pierce became a seller, as we all know, and he ended up sending Julio Jones to Wyland for Hawkinson and Jason Kelly's 22 second. And we'll take another look at that trade in a little bit. Obviously, Julio Jones did not, uh, did not provide Pierce what he was looking for at that time, uh, as, and I don't, I don't exactly remember what he ended up doing. I think he ended up in the fifth tournament. Um, maybe the fifth bowl, maybe the seventh bowl, can't quite remember. Uh, but Julio was kind of just beginning his decline. Um, and like not everyone saw it coming. Hell, the Titans ended up giving him a bunch of money uh, after or trading for him. Oh, God, now I can't remember. Whatever. Um, even going into this season, Julio Jones was thought to be someone of an elite player. And now it'll be very interesting to see where he goes in redrafts next year. I know I will not be touching him, mostly because I took him in all three of my redrafts this year because uh, the guys I listened to, the, the, the rankings that I use, the podcast that I listened to, they just got him wrong, um, which then burned me three different times. So I'll never get Julio Jones again. Uh, and Pierce didn't necessarily get a ton from him either. Uh, but hey, he moved on uh, and was able to turn him into uh, Hawkinson and Jason Kelly's 22 second. So uh, like I said, so we'll, we'll be able to take a closer look at that trade uh, in the future. Now, if we look at that other side, we have Cortland Sutton. Um, uh, this side is for uh, BT. Uh, Cortland Sutton just had a absolutely garbage year. Um, 
But guess what? So did every pass catcher in Denver because they don't have a quarterback in Denver. And I'm pretty sure that um, Aaron Rodgers <clears throat> is going to be their quarterback next year. What I was about to say is I'm pretty sure that they will have a good quarterback next year. And that is true. Uh, and then as I think a little bit more about it, I think that's where Aaron Rodgers ends up. Now, who knows? He's already starting his offseason drama of I'm not going to – when you say like Aaron Rodgers was like, I'm not going to take long to make a decision about my plans for next year. Oh, dude, really? Because it's you still have like three weeks left in the regular season and you're not already talking about it, which means there's at least a month of – every little subtweet and blah, blah, blah. So whatever, Aaron Rodgers, he's just the worst. But I think uh, off the field, not on the field, on the field, he's really, really good. And I think he will be in the orange and blue next year. And so that will um, definitely raise Cortland Sutton's value. I think Cortland uh, Sutton definitely still has dynasty value. And so I wouldn't give up on him yet. Um and maybe that's a buy low option. Maybe I'll send something over. Um, if we look at who else is in that trade, Steven Sims. I was like, uh, I'm sorry, who? Uh, Steven Sims was a prospect, and he just did not pan out. He ended up spending the entire year on Pittsburgh's practice squad this year. Uh, Wyland's 21 second ended up being the 211. And with that peer, uh, pick, Pierce took Dwayne Eskridge. Uh, and he ended up being a taxi squad type of year. Um, but it was a 211. He's not supposed to set the world on fire. And he still has value uh, since there was some draft capital used on him. So that was the original Julio Jones trade. Julio Jones for Cortland Sutton, Steven Swim, uh, Sims, and Ryland's 21 second. Um, still to be determined, uh, but no one has really jumped off the page from that trade. Uh, but definitely a lot of dynasty value still left on BT's side. All right, so with that trade now in the books, let's go ahead and start wrapping things up. But first, we got a random stat. For our random stat this week, I was thinking uh, as I was putting this episode together about how lopsided these matches were. And so even though there was one uh, matchup that was only a six-point difference, I wanted to see what was the average point difference this week. And gentlemen, it was 53. That's right. There was not a whole lot of mystery uh, in this last week as the average point difference was 53 points. Uh, I'm hoping I can get a 53-point advantage next week. Uh, we are about to wrap things up, but before we do, the Doghouse has a special guest contributor. Hi, guys. Um, thank for um, thank you, Will, for letting me be on the doghouse. And my prediction is Rick. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Dad. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. What, your prediction for what? What is this? Um, this the thousand bowl. I'm thinking my dad. Oh, and why do you think I'm going to win? Um, because I oh, don't know you're my dad and you told me to do this. Oh, no! I've been outed. Well, I want to thank Joey Price so much for his special contribution to the doghouse. I am so pleased that you took the uh, time to listen to this episode. This was actually uh, recorded in the morning, which is very rare. It's usually a very late night. And so if it was a little uh, more polished than usual, I think we all know why. Uh, with the uh, lack of cervezas. So anyway, I want to thank you so much for listening. Look, we're awesome. You're awesome for listening. And with that, 
Cue music. We're out of here.